2NURFM 103.7. This is Talking Travel with our travel guide, Sally Lucas, who is setting our sights today. Firstly, Sally, on the Apple Isle, what have you got for us? On the Apple Isle, most definitely. One of my favourite little Aussie destinations. And it deserves so much more time than people often want to give it. They think they can go down there and do all of Tassie in a week. And I said, Not going to happen. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. They've got hundreds, if not thousands, of lakes in that tiny little isle. It, it is just an amazing state packed full of the most incredible scenery. And, of course, it's really famous now for its wine and food particularly. You know, they're, they're very, very proud of the produce they have. They're nearly all organic these days. You know, they've got their own wineries, their gin distilleries, whiskey distilleries, which are winning world awards. You've got beautiful coastal scenery. You've got so many national parks. Um, out Just out of Hobart, even just not much more than an hour, you've got Mount Field National Park. It's got the tallest gums you'll ever see. You'll stand there and your neck will be craned to, down to the back of your back practically trying to see them. And that's you know, just about an hour out. So even though I'm saying you, you need more than eight days, and it is a small state and the, you could go from one end to the other easily, but there's so much packed in between that you really need to stop and smell the roses. As I said, the national parks themselves, you've got Bruni Island, which is just a magnificent island to go to. You, you drive off, and I'm an oyster nut, by the way, but you drive off the ferry, and then what do you come to first? A drive through oyster bar. Oh, I've never been to a drive through oyster bar before. Literally straight away, huh? <laughs> Almost. <laughs> so that was fantastic. It gets very blustery down there. You know, you're in the Great South, don't forget, the waters down there are quite incredible. If you don't get seasick, though, what you must do is a cruise either around that Tasman National Park Peninsula or you could do one around Bruni Island. We've done the one twice around the Tasman National Park. The towering cliffs, Mark, are just the, the scenery down there is just stunning. And, you know, we've seen whales... Um, yeah, dolphins, uh, calves with whale, their, their mums, dolphins catching fish, the seabirds fighting the, the seal for the fish. Um, it, it's just a, a wonderful natural state as well. So you've got the wildlife there, wombats. My God, I love wombats to death. Cradle Mountain National Park, you've just got to drive so very carefully. Unfortunately, you will find roadkill because people just, it's a 15 kilometre or 20 kilometre hour limit within the park, but obviously not everyone adheres to that. But I think the worst offenders are actually the locals, not the tourists, because they, they want to see the wombats, they slow down. You know, it's you've just got to be aware that you've got wildlife everywhere. And it, also, it really sounds like the, the apple eye you're telling us so far, Sally. It really sounds like a, a nature documentary all wrapped up in one. Everything from oysters to wombats to the sea life uh, and then the trees and the lakes, all the rest of it. Yeah, it's stunning, Mark. And then you've got the Wild West, that Wild West Coast. You stay at Corinna, which is on the Pyman River, and you, and you cross that by um, a little ferry. And the road there, we went from Marrow, which is way up the north near Cape Grim on the west side. We didn't see a car. I thought, what if we broke down? And I felt like it was really eerie in the middle of this Tarkine forest on a dirt road. And I thought, wow, I feel like I really am in the wilderness. It, it was amazing. And you get down there, there's, there's no Wi-Fi. So unless you've got an EPIRB or your GPS, there's nothing. It's just you. 
and you get to Corinna where you stay, and it's a quaint little town, or it's not even, not, I couldn't even call it a town, it's more a village, and you do this wonderful cruise on the Pyman River, but yes, no, nothing there either. So you've either got to take in your own food, or you must book at the restaurant because it's got limited capacity. So if you're staying there, you've got to book ahead to make sure you're going to get a meal. Um, but this is it, it's wilderness, it's, it's just unbelievable. Then you get down to Strawn, and of course you're on the Gordon River, which is wonderful, and of course that famous saved Franklin Gordon Wild Rivers National Park, like Bob Green's done some incredible things to save nature in Tasmania, I must say. Um, And then that is just stunning in itself. And then when you go via Derwent Bridge on your way back down towards Hobart, there's this incredible, I don't know what you'd call it, it's called The Wall. And it's it's a started by a gentleman, his son has now carried it on, and he has just done this with a hammer and a chisel. And it's this incredible bar relief, if you like, wall of Tasmania's history. And they've had to build, I forget how long the building is now, but you're walking all the way down one side for ages, then back around the other. And it's from its inception. And if you look at the detail of knuckles and folds in coats, and, and it's all done by a hammer and a chisel. You think, how did he do that? It's very slowly. Very slowly, but it was just a magnificent thing that you must not miss out on around that area, which is near Lake St. Clair. So there's just a lot. And Hobart itself, wonderful markets every Saturday, stunning markets. Lonnie, Lonnie's come on its own, Launceston. It's got some wonderful eateries and food there. And you've got the Tamar River, so you can go up one side and the other day you could go the other. And you've got Low Head, which is an original, very old historic site and lighthouse. Um, you've got beautiful vineyards all up the Tamar River as well. Then you can go to this special centre, which is for the seahorses, and you can see all this most incredible, from these tiniest coloured seahorses up to everything else, where they're they're making sure they're protected and, and you know encouraging people to look look at, look at them and see them and see what they do. You've got Beaconsfield up there, of course, which was famous for the mine disaster, which you can go to a museum there and see the whole history of what happened around Beaconsfield. Um, and of course, you've got the the east coast, which is the beautiful Freycinet National Park, the Bay of Fires. You come down through to Mariah Island and all of that, and right down the bottom, then you end up, as we said, at South Bruny, if you came all the way down. So there's a lot to do. And then you've got the middle. We haven't even touched the middle. (laughs) And you know, so you see what I'm saying when I'm talking about Tasmania. You're not doing this in a week or a weekend. Forget about it. It's it's got just so much packed into one small state that all I'm saying is do do yourself a favour and give yourself plenty of time. That's all. I reckon you would probably echo my thought here that people that try and do things in a less amount of time that they do it justice for, they probably come away going, well, gee, that wasn't that great. But I, I did, you didn't get to see everything because you didn't give yourself the time to see enough things. Yeah, well, I remember you had, you know, how you have your little thing of a morning when ring people people in or they go on Facebook when you have a topic and it was about your worst destination you did or something once earlier this year. This lady said Tasmania. (laughs) And I I just sat at home. I'm thinking, how could she have said that? Or did she just have a bad hair day when she went? Or was she not well? Or or did she not, like you said, did she not give it enough time? Or did she not plan it or know where to go or what to see and do? But I think planning these things, Sally, is very much key. It is very much so. But anyway, I love it. 2NURFM 103.7. As we continue with talking travel, our travel guide Sally Lucas is here. She's given Tasmania a big rap in the last section. Let's see if we can keep that vibe going. Sally, where are we off to next? Okay, Himalayan Railway Adventure. So for all those railway nuts out there, and I know there's a lot of them around, this would be, I think, an exceptional way to see this part of the world. And anyway, it's been uh, conducted or 
having your tool leader is a Robert Kingsford Smith, who is, of course, related to Charles Kingsford Smith. Is that right? Yeah. but The he had Charles a, Kingsford Smith. But he had a passion for railways, this Robert Kingsford Smith in the 1960s, and he embarked on a quest to record the world's disappearing steam locomotives on film. So he went all around the world all sorts of countries, South America, Pakistan, South Africa, India, Australia, da-da-da-da. So there you go. So this is an itinerary he's helped put together to cover this incredible part of the world. And I've found a lot by reading about this, actually, that it's not just one of the world's most oldest and fascinating countries on the railways of these World Heritage Railways, but you're going to see the spectacular landscapes of the Himalayan mountains. So since its humble beginnings in 1854, the Indian Railways has become one of the largest and longest in the world with 1.6 million people on their payroll. It's also one of the largest world's largest employers. 1.6 million people on the payroll. On the payroll. Could you imagine being in the office if they just forget to, to send the payout on time? <laughs> the amount of calls that are coming through. Oh, dear. So for travels in India, the railway is a window to their culture and character and the lifeblood of the nation that is used by almost every Indian regularly in all manner of trains from, you know, some of them pouring out the windows to, you know, to some areas to ultra luxury palaces on wheels, which they've got there. They've got some of the most luxurious trains for tourists to travel on, which is wonderful. And then they've got what they call toy trains that climb these really impossibly rooted railways up to the old colonial hill stations in northern India. So you're going to get an opportunity to do lots of different sorts of rail travel on this journey. And I just think it'd be fascinating to see some of these grand relics of all this incredible history. And Along this, you'll be boarding private carriages on the Himalayan Queen Express on one of it. You're going on special steam hauled charters on certain set pardon me, certain scenic sections of the mountain line. Um, and then you take a tour from Delhi to Alwa on the world's oldest steam loco called the Fairy Queen. <laughs> Isn't that <laughs> amazing? Uh, the Darjeeling Mail Overnight Sleeper Train. And then, of course, you go from Bengal down into Delhi as well and you're visiting monasteries at the highest railway station in India. Uh, you go to a Himalayan Mountaineering Institute, a Tibetan Refugee Centre. Um, so there's lots of inclusions here. Going on to Kolkata, obviously, there's to do and they offer extensions obviously if you want to stay on to go to Jaipur and Agra and the Taj Mahal so this would be an incredible journey for anyone who's really interested in train travel and it's only got the one departure which is what I'm trying to find the date for you now and it is for next year so um, I'll have to come back to you on that date mark but just ring and check it's called Himalayan Railway Adventure I found it 6 to 18 February 2023 with Robert Kingsford Smith so it's just that one special departure um, and I just think it would be just an incredible thing to do yeah and, and as you said at the top of this bit here Sally there are so many people that that are rail enthusiasts I mean there's yes. a ton of rail travel shows on the TV from time to time Aren't so they yeah. really are yeah. quite quite interesting as well and I think this uh, certainly worth a mention today yeah and it's something very different I've never seen like this particular style of rail journey in all my years in travel you know being presented before so it's, it's a first opportunity for people to go into this region of the world and experience these great train services. So, to a new RFM 103.7. As we continue with talking travel with our travel guide Sally Lucas, who
said at the top of the show today that she wouldn't be able to deliver as good as last week's <laughs> rubbish, rubbish. <laughs> that massive uh, expose on Tasmania. You've done the, the trains. And uh, with the hot deals, who knows where we'll end up, Sally? Take it away. Who knows? Well, would you believe it? We've got Virgin bringing a vessel down into Australia now. So R- Richard Branson has added another string to his bow. And it's called Resilient Lady. And she's coming down here. She doesn't look like a lady to me, but however, each to their own for taste you, of what a vessel should look like. Well, well, I've had a sneak peek of that. Now, if you see this 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 ship, you won't miss it because it's a walking <laughs> billboard for the brand. It, it certainly is. Certainly is. Anyway, she is coming down here for 2023-24. But what they've done with these, they're giving you extra added value rather than, say, early bird discounts or whatever. So what you're getting is Wi-Fi is included no matter what. Also, tips are included. So that's, that's ah, a good thing. The gratuities thing. are taken care yes. of. Yes, so that's good. <laughs> um, also, they offer yoga, meditation, cycling, all sorts of classes, um, group workouts, not one-on-one, are all included, FAC. Um, essential drinks are included, but that's only like still in sparkling water, non-pressed um, juices, sodas, teas and coffee. And, of course, as usual, all food. But they are coming down here to cruise around New Zealand and Australia from December 2023 through to March 2024 if you're interested in travelling on a new huge vessel. you will Again, you won't miss it, that big red and white logo. On the back. Oh, my <laughs> God. Yeah, I know. Now, if you're wanting something a little bit more subtle, a little bit more luxurious. You've got Windstar have now got this beautiful yacht-style vessel, which Mark can see, and I know you can't, listeners, but it's it's absolutely magnificent. It's called the Star Breeze, and each suite has 277 square feet of space. So you are just doing it in luxury. This is the company that normally has the mastered vessels, but they've now added a luxury yacht-style, you know, without mast to their fleet. And this is the first time they've been down here as well. So they're coming down to Australia, which is fantastic, and they're doing lots of lovely cruises, like one's a 25-night odyssey from Auckland to Cairns. So they're going all the way around New Zealand, cross to Tassie, all the way up the coast and finishing up in Cairns. Um, and that's in January next year. They've got another one called Hidden Indonesia and the Great Barrier Reef, which is going out of Cairns, going way up into um, some of the smaller archipelago of Indonesia, but it does include Bali as well, Thursday Island and, and parts of Papua. Uh, they're doing uh, Tasman Sea, New Zealand fjords in southern Australia, wildlife and wines of New Zealand and also another one doing the deep dive down under the Great Barrier Reef and beyond. So that's a range of cruises from them, which is a lovely new vessel coming in here. Um, This one, I'm doing all cruises today, by the way. You might have noticed there's a theme happening here. Just a small one. This is 111 nights. 24 countries and 51 Uh, ports. 111 nights. Yep. (laughs) Lisbon to Sydney, 8th of October 2023, this year. On the Vasco da Gama. I like it. It's a nice Portuguese explorer's name as well. So this is incredible, Mark. Like you're coming down from Lisbon to Casablanca, Agadir. You're going down into Senegal and Gambia. Then you're coming down into um, South Africa, the West Coast, St. Helena, Walvis Bay, Cape Town, uh, Mossel Bay, Port Elizabeth, Durban, etc. You go into um, Madagascar. Um, you're going in, into um, the Reunion Islands, all the way through the Seychelles up into the Maldives. Oh, my gosh. You know, it continues on then right through up into Thailand, into um, Vietnam, Hong Kong, um, the Philippines, Singapore, 
and then eventually comes back down through Indonesian islands, down through Darwin, and then Cooktown, Cairns, Townsville, Brisbane, Sydney. Hey, what a whopper! But for someone who wants a long train journey, a train because I've been talking trains, <laughs> a it. long sea voyage, wow, that is absolutely amazing. And what they're offering on that is a free one-way economy class airfare from Sydney, Brisbane, Melbourne, Adelaide or Perth to Lisbon, including tax, a transfer to your Lisbon uh, hotel where you stay for a night before you board the cruise and a free transfer then onto the actual port to board the ship. And as usual, like you're getting everything included on board, all main meals. Um, they've also got entertainment programs and lectures all port and government charges. Um, there's a beverage package available as well. Um, so, again, lots of inclusions, which include house wine by the glass, sparkling wine, etc., etc., etc. So, yeah, look, keep that in mind. If you're really wanting a long voyage, that is something fantastic. So that's it. I'm going to throw a question at you before oh. you go, Sally. I know, I know. Look... You've done a lot of cruising today. Yes. And throughout your travel career, I'm sure you've been asked this. For folks that are fearful of motion sickness on the water but would love to do cruising, that is exactly where I'm at. So advice for those folks. Well, number one, if you try and do maybe mainly river cruising or like we were talking about the Adriatic coast today where you're hugging a coastline, Mm -hmm. you're not trying to cross a, a massive ocean where weather can change so quickly, obviously. If you get grossly sick, sick I would say don't even attempt it but if it's only a mile a little bit like a bit like a little bit of vertigo well you can certainly take things like ginger that are natural or you can get your bracelets that wear for your motion sickness because my husband used to get sick and he doesn't anymore he eventually got used to it the more he did it because he actually went and did a sailing course and wanted to sail at you know on a yacht so he had to learn to be able to deal with that. So you, I think there are times when you come overcome it unless you've really got a really deep inner ear problem mm. but Obviously, to start with, if you just do a short cruise to make sure, don't do a long one, you know, if you haven't done one before. If if you're doing just one or two nights, that's like, well, at least I'm not on this thing for a whole week or or 111 nights. (laughs) We all know you'd have to be a real, like, as a train lover is a train lover, you have people that are shipboard lovers. And I've got lots of friends and that's all they want to do. They love their cruises, absolutely Mm. love them. Unpack once, they say. We get to the ports, you know, we can still wander around, have a good time. It's, you know... they, they make friends, and a lot of them now are visiting all these mm. friends all around the world that they've made these friends on board the ships they've been on. So there are pluses and minuses to everything in life, and I guess it's whatever suits you. All right, uh, that's it, Sally. Have a great weekend. Thank uh, we'll, you. We'll knock Talking Travel back next Friday. Absolutely. All right, that's our travel guide, Sally Lucas, wrapping up on Talking Travel this week at 2NURFM 103.7.